0: Well, the last few weeks uh, that I've been teaching, we are talking about New Testament instruction. We know that we have an Old Testament and a New Testament. And I want to encourage you, uh, the dispensation that we're in, all the Bible is for us. But we're going to primarily find what we need to know as far as daily living in the New Testament. Uh, the Gospels, the epistles, they're written for us to give us instruction on, on how to live uh, this Christian life. And so we're looking at a number of aspects of this. Now, what New Testament instruction is going to call us to, and you need to get this, is going to call us to a standard for living. And I'm not talking about, you know, a, uh, what house you have or, you know, what your stocks or lack of. I'm not talking about that kind of standard. It, it's this is the model. This is the level for Behavior. Everybody say behave. behave. Y'all ever had anybody tell you behave? I, I, I have. And, but this is how we, conduct, how we conduct our life. And so let me go ahead and tell you this. That this is what we are called to live. Don't miss this. This is the highest level of human behavior. Being a Christian. And what we're called to do. Although there's a lot of religions. And a lot of religions are going to tell you essentially a lot of the same things you know virtually every religion is going to tell you don't steal and don't lie and be kind and that kind of thing but um this is actually a higher level than this and what we're called to do is unique to christianity and i shared a little bit of this with you last week it's unique to christianity because it can it it can only be accomplished through the power of the cross of jesus See, and, and nobody else has it. They may have some moral codes and some moral standards and behavioral guides and that kind of thing. But, but to live this level, and, and you need to know this, I'm not calling you to works and a list of do's and don'ts. This is a standard of, of behavior, a level of living that can only be accomplished through the power of the cross. Jesus helps us. Aren't you glad that he helps us? So he calls us to something, but he also helps us. Further, this won't even make sense apart from the cross. It just doesn't make sense uh, to live on this level apart from everything uh, that's entailed in the cross. Now, um, I want to read to you John chapter 13. And and, this will be on the screen or you can look this up. Uh, John 13 verse 34 and 35. And it says this, and Jesus is speaking. He says, a new commandment I give to you. Say, that's me. That you, there you are again, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So three times in those two verses, he's making a real point of what he's trying to get across to us here. Now let me back up and say that all New Testament instruction, the themes, the emphasis, pretty much all find in their context this idea of one another, one another, and also the major one of the major themes of the New Testament, of course, is is what I heard it love. Y'all, this is not a trick trick question here. This is not algebra class. Okay, so love. Go, go ahead and say it, love. I maybe would admit we probably don't understand love like we need to. But yet it's so important. This this command that he gives that we love one another. Everybody say love one another. Love this is second only to his command that we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. That just means everything I am, everything I can do, I want to do it in a way that expresses love for God. I want to put my back into it. I want to go for it. I, I just want to love God. And second only to that command is this command is that we love one another. And so I want to look at this because the rest of uh New Testament instruction that we we'll look at and as you read through the New Testament you're going to See that it says, you know, don't be angry and forgive and speak kindly and be thankful. And all. all of those things really find their context in this whole idea of how we interact with one another. And what Jesus said about one another mostly is that we are to love one another. Say it again. Love one another. All right. Let's look here because this is going to get real strong here for a moment. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. And again, this will be on the screen Uh, This is in the New Living Translation. Now, let me stop just a second here. We put verses on the screen not to dishonor God's word, but to make sure that everybody can see and read the word of God. Okay? Uh, Because sometimes people say, well, you know, uh, do we still use Bibles? Absolutely. And every time you come in, there's a cart over there and a cart over there with Bibles. And if you need a Bible, you know, for service... You want to follow along? Get one. You know what I would do if even if I forgot my Bible or didn't have, I'd get one just so I could hold it. How many of you? Well, maybe not, but I mean, as a little kid, I can remember going to baseball games. Like we had a, a farm team. Uh, it was the Leesburg Athletics. They were hooked up with the Oakland Athletics at that at that time. Y'all, y'all, it was last century. Okay. <laughs> but I can remember being a little kid and I'd wear a a ball hat and I'd take a glove to the game. Was I going to be in the game? I was, (laughs) I sure was, you know, and I just, I'm there, I'm there. And so um, those are there. And if you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to keep one of those Bibles. Okay. And there's a lot of ways to get a hold of the word of God today. If you have a smartphone, there's tablets, there's there's computers, there's all kinds of things, and you're welcome to bring those. I've had people say, well, don't tell people to read Bibles or, or read the Bible or take notes on their phone or whatever, because they might text or they might look something up. Hey, it's the same, it's an ageless problem. When I was a kid, we had notepads. How many of you remember pencil and paper notepads? Y'all remember those? And, and did you only take Bible notes? No, I'd draw fence posts and I'd draw airplanes. And, y'all with me? Okay, so that's just an inherent risk with that. The thing is, we want to get you to see and read the word of God with us. So let's look here in first John chapter four, verse seven in the new new living translation. It says this, dear friends, go ahead and say, that's me, dear friends. Let us continue to what to love one another for love comes from from God. And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Wow. I want to read that again and I want that really to to speak to you. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. I want you to note that love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Because they are handling love and love comes from where love comes from God. First John five, one also in the new living translation, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ stop right there at bookmark. And maybe here, believe that Jesus is the Christ. That means he's the one that God anointed and sent to come set us free. He's our Messiah. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. That's awesome. And everyone who loves the Father loves who? His children too. Now, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but how many of you know God's got some weird kids? Now, we don't let them in on Wednesday night, but we got to. No, I'm joking. How many of you know God's got some weird kids? How many of you are some of God's kids? I see some people pointing at each other too. Exhibit A. Uh, Okay, how many of you are God's kids too? And if you're God's kids, then you're in God's family. And he wants his kids to love the other kids. Are you all with me? Okay. Part of the purpose of church is to help his kids not be weird. I'm serious. Because if you act, if God's kids act weird... Nobody wants to be in the family. Did y'all hear me? They don't even want to go on a trip with you or nothing. I don't, want, I don't want to be near that. How many of you, could we get real? This is called real life tonight. How many of you before have seen some of God's kids, and maybe they were, maybe they weren't, weren't that just really didn't represent the family very well? Okay. And, and certainly didn't make other people want to be in the family. And so that's why I'm very serious, although we, we laughed about it. I'm very serious. Part of the purpose of church is to help us to not be weird kids. Yeah. So we can represent the family right. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's keep going. So everyone who loves a father loves his children too. 1 John 4, verse 20 and 21. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a what? What? He's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Now, I don't have the verse right right now in front of me, but it occurs to me in John 17... Jesus talked about, and he prayed in, a, in his, it was an intercessory prayer, high priestly prayer. He prayed that we, we his followers, his kids, would be one. Okay, we would be one. And that means that we would be, we would harmonize, that we would be unified, that we would get along, that we would take care of one another. And he said, if we would do that, then the world And that means those that aren't in the family of God and for some not in the family of God yet, they would believe that God's really real. Do you see how important this is? So if we're going to be one, if we're going to get along, how many of you know you can can do just about anything temporarily? How many of you can probably fake a British accent for a sentence or two? But if you get interrogated at customs, you're going to blow it, right? You know? (laughs) We can act nice for a little bit, you know, or what we're not talking about that. We're talking about real deal. We've got to have something to help us do this. So all of those verses in mind, this is, this is a strong statement that I want to make to you. The only proof, everybody say the only proof, the only proof that Christ is in us. The only proof that we love God the only proof that we're born of god the only proof that we follow jesus the only proof based on these scriptures the only proof is that we love one another now let me take this a little bit further and this is this this gets critical here by what i've just read you and specifically in in John 13 the first passage that we read Jesus actually gives the world the right to judge if we're real deal or not on that basis he actually said by this by what that we love one another he said by that the world will know the world will make a judgment on if you're real deal or not and you may say well i am real deal You are not real deal if you say you love God and you hate your brother. I didn't make this up. We just all read it together. Y'all see me? And and so this is the criteria. We have to love one another. It's New, New Testament instruction that we do that. And this to me is just a strong line here. Jesus gave the world the right to judge us on that basis, to judge whether or not we're real or not. So I think the thing that we need to zero in on, although we need to be very careful about doctrine, we need to be very careful about uh, spiritual disciplines and formation in our life. We need to be careful about all of those things, making sure that we're doing it. But I think there needs to be supreme focus placed on this. Lord, help me to love one another. How many of you realize sometimes we hinder that process? We make it hard sometimes for people to... To love us and how many of you know people make it hard for you to love them and so let's let's look at this a little bit tonight because this is this is a critical uh serious issue for us here now notice and we're going to go back to john thirteen thirty four. jesus said a new commandment i give to you that you love one another and i want you to see these next words here as i have loved you that you also love one another What he's actually saying here is we are to love one another in the same way. In the same way that Jesus loved us. In the same way. Now, I wish he'd kind of left that out. You know, he could just kind of parse that down just a little bit and say, Hey, you know, just kind of get along. Don't make me come in there. You know, work it out, whatever. No, he said, I want you to not just love one another. I want you to love one another like I loved you. I want you to love one another. And and at this point, all the scripture I've talked about is just talking about within the family of God. Okay, we're not even talking about those that are outside the family of God. This is within the family of God. We'll, we'll get there a little bit later. But he's saying, I want you to love one another. But I want you to love one another like I have loved you. Wowzer. Wow. So how has he loved us? And, and this immediately presents a problem. Because where are you and I going to get that kind of love? And it, we looked at it earlier in 1 John and it says this, that love is from where? It's from God. And so God will give us that love. I said God will give us that love. Let's look here in Romans chapter 5. In verse 5 it says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God, everybody say the love of God. Now, follow this. This is not love for God. This is love of God. In the Greek, it's also this, it's love from God. The love of God has been poured out in where? In our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So the love of God has been poured out into our hearts. Now, that's a metaphor, okay? That's just a word picture that has been poured out. It actually, the words there actually means this, to bestow or to distribute largely. It's, it's an overflow. It's to spill. It's to gush. And so God pours his love. And before we leave here tonight, you know what we're going to do? We're going to ask him, fill me up. Why do we need to be filled up again? We leak. Come on, we leak. How many of you sometimes we get some really bad mileage? Okay. Okay, we're leaking that bad. And so we need him to, we need him to fill us in this way. So the love of God, the love of God, and, and I want you to get this because we have to correct our thinking just a little bit. Is this something we're waiting on to happen or is this something that has happened? It's not only something that has happened, it's something that can reoccur. The love of God has been, is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. So, if we're going to love one another the way that Jesus loved us, we're going to have to have that brand of love. We talked about this just a few weeks ago, actually. The human kind of love is very feeble. It runs out real quick. Just the type that we say, okay, I'm going to love them if it kills me. (laughs) Here I go. Okay. Our love is just so impatient, is it not? I mean, it wears out real quick. We've got to have a better brand of love. And thank God we have the love of God. I want you to say this with me. The The love of God is in me. You need to know that the love of God is in you. And now what we have to do is when we get ready to love somebody, which we should do all the time, I'm going to have to use that love. And I pray that you'll work through this and grow in this so that you realize that you're actually tapping into that love, not just your human love, but you're tapping into the love of God. There's, there's difficult situations. And I'll talk a little bit more about it in a moment. There's difficult people. There's difficult times. And you need to know. You need to separate it right here. You need to know. My love won't cut it. You know, sometimes there's people that really need your help. And if you try to help them only with your human love. Your human love should engage for sure. But you've got to have the love of God to really make the difference. But that love of God is... It, you're going to realize I'm going to have to have the love of God to help encourage this person and, and to do what I can to help them all the way through and not get impatient with them. Amen. And not get mad at them. Not want to abandon them. It's like, how many problems can you come up with? You know, it's the love of God. That's the kind of love. How many of you know that God needs a and help and a love every day just for you? And maybe you know that it probably takes some real patience to keep loving you. And so the same way that he loves us. And maybe when you talk to the Lord, you want him to pay attention to you. That takes love. That takes love. Let's keep going. So he pours his love into our heart. Galatians tells us that love is actually fruit that also is a work of the holy spirit within us that is going to produce love and then what does that love look like and i'm just really simplifying here tonight in galatians 2 20 i love this passage it says this i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but christ lives in me say that christ lives in me And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me. Everybody say love me. And he did what? Gave himself himself for me. So what does this love that he loved us with? What does that look like? He gave himself. What do we do? We give ourselves. We give ourselves. In Ephesians, which is a picture of Christ in the church. He's talking even about marriage here in Ephesians 5.25. He says, husbands love your wives love your wives just as everybody say just as it means in the same way in the same way just like we read earlier in john 14 i want you to love one another just like i've loved you so he says husbands love your wives just as christ also loved the church so he loves the church and he what he gave himself for her for the church for you he gave himself so This love that we're to have for one another is the love of God because human love's not going to go very far. So that there is unity within you. You also need to love that person with the human love as best you can. But again, that's only going to go so far. But you've got to tap into and release and trust and believe God. God, I need your love to love this person. And what is that going to look like? You're going to give in some way. You're going to give in some way. Well, I don't want to love anybody then. No, you're going to, you're going to give. And I'm not, I'm not talking financially. Sometimes it is though. I said, sometimes it is though. No, y'all, y'all loved and gave and uh, helped a bunch of our students be able to make it to camp a week or so ago. What is that? It's love. Love, love gives. And the way that he loves us, he gave. You give time, you give energy, you give attention. And it's not always convenient. Now. I have some other stuff, but I don't want to, I don't want to get into this. So I can't, I want to be able to give it a full treatment here. Um, Let me move on to something, make this very practical about love. First Corinthians 13, and we're not going to turn there right now, but it says this, that love is, and I know I've had you repeat a lot of things tonight, but that's a teaching tool. Okay. Love is, I want you to say love is. Okay. And he goes on, he says, love is kind and love is patient and love is not boastful and it's not proud and, and it doesn't get all puffed up, and doesn't keep track of all the wrongs somebody did against you, and it's ever ready to believe the best. Let me tell you something about love. It's defining it. It's giving. It's giving descriptions on it. Listen. Listen to me on this. Get this. Love is predictable. It's not boring. You can be very creative with it, but love is predictable. Which means this. And we should have this. Okay, hear me. When we love one another with the love of God, you should be able to predict what somebody's response is going to be. You hear me? If I go to somebody that I know loves me and I go to them and I have a problem, I should be able to predict what they're going to do. Are you seeing what I'm saying? I should be able to predict if i have messed up what if what if somebody comes to you and and we see this all the time we don't know what they're gonna do they're just gonna blow up i don't yeah i can remember as a kid you know i get in trouble or had a need or you know wrecked my car or ran over a dog or these are all true stories (laughs) or got in trouble at school i made that one up no that was true too uh Those things, And guess what? At some point you got to go tell mom and dad. And and I have to be honest with you at times. I didn't know what they were going to do. I didn't know what. I didn't know what I was in for. And there, maybe you've had a boss like that. Maybe you had a spouse or a friend or whatever. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't even know what they're going to do day by day. Problem or no problem. I want you to know that because love comes from God. God never what? There it is. He never changes. Follow this. There's never the slightest hint of inconsistency. James says about him. So love is of God. Love is God, and God is love. Follow me on this. So love is predictable. It's predictable. Here's a few things I wrote down about about love. And then we're going to wrap this up. Love is kind. So if we're going to love one another, everybody say love one another. Look at me on this one. Look at me. I think then it should just be predictable. You should just be able to count on it. The God's kids who have the love of God in them. They're kind. There should not be rude children of God. There should not be aloof children of God. I think part of kindness is this. And this is where love really starts to come to bear. Is that you have the ability from God to be able to put people at ease. People you don't know. People you do know. Somebody going through something hard. Somebody rejoicing about something. Guess what? Love does this because we're part of one another. When you suffer, I feel it with you. Something good happens for you, I'm envious. No, you rejoice with them. It talks about that. So if something good happens for you, cheer them on. Something bad happens for them. Well, they had it coming. They probably had sin in their life. I've watched them sin. I'm pretty sure. Get over it. You're not a judge. And Paul even warns. He said, you know, you be careful. You're inexcusable, actually, that you judge somebody else and you do the same things. So we need to just get out of the judge business Amen. and be a child of God. And we love one another and we love one another with a love that comes from God. And therefore, and I'm, I want to expand this a little bit more. Therefore, we should be predictable. Not boring, but predictable. It should be predictable. In Meadowbrook Church, hear me, church family. When we come to here, come together here or we're anywhere else, let's just take here because we're here right now. And somebody comes in here, and it's their first time in, and I hear it all the time, so this is good. But you better keep it up. They come in and go, everybody was so kind. And you better be. Or I will be unkind. No, no hear me. Your, your role when you come here is not to get your two tons of fiberglass and metal in between two lines out there. Some people can't even do that without losing all joy and happiness. I didn't want to park there. I want to park over there. <laughs> Lost it before you got in the building. <laughs> Tell me where to sit. But, but seriously, when, when we come... We just need to be kind. And somebody come in here. They should just. Everybody should be nice. And and I know what i was saying. More than just getting your car parked. And you finding your row. And putting your stuff down. And going to the bathroom. And getting you a drink. And then come back and doing my thing. And I hope my three friends are here. Somebody gave me a quote today. And I'd seen it before. Let me see if I can get it right. If. If the only people you love all love Jesus, you don't love enough people. you've, You've got to have that love of God. See, she knows. He knows. But we just need to be kind. It should be predictable. You should just know that when you find a real deal child of God, they're kind. Say amen. Amen. I believe... That love serves. I believe that love gives. And and let me just add on a couple here real quick. And then we're going to wrap this up. I believe that love helps. Because love, there's something about love is I want to fix what's wrong. I want to help you. And part of that involves this. Because you can't help everything. You know, there's some people in Alicia and I's life even right now that there's not. There's some things I don't know how to help. The only thing I, I know to do, and I've been doing, and I'm thinking of one individual right now, the only thing I can do is cheer her on. It's just to cheer her on and tell her you look to your future and God's got something good for you and you're going to get through this. And I prayed for you today. And just to cheer them on. And that's a, that's the love of God. Are you hearing me? So none of us can get cocky about love. Man, you should see the way I love and serve and I'm kind. And. You're a goober is what you are. How do you get confused? That's, a, that's as bad as prayer pride. Have you all heard of prayer pride? You know, when I pray, things happen. Yeah, you're awesome. Well, I better wrap this up tonight because I... All right, I want you to look up and down your aisle real quick. Look, look up and down your row real quick. I want you to notice something. There's every age. There's all kinds of colors. That's the family of God. I read the other day that no matter what your ethnicity or your age or your background, it seems like everybody needs love and encouragement. Everybody. And then the family of God at the cross, that's level ground. There's not male, there's not female, there's not one color, there's not, well, I've got a greater degree or I came from here or whatever. Forget all that. Forget all that. This is wholly different. This is the family of God. This is a higher level than any of that. And we're called to love one another. I didn't take the time to read it tonight, but in Romans and also in First Corinthians, it uses the analogy of the body. And it says, guess what? We're all parts of the body. And if we're all parts of the body, we're all part of one another. Look up and down the aisle again. You're part of one another. And you know what? It is unnatural. Something is very, very wrong if parts of the body fight each other. You know, I've used the illustration before. I'm not going to get major into it tonight. This is the key to my office. And normally, just because of where the door is and... I'm left handed for some things, right handed for something. I'm carrying things. I usually keep that key in the right pocket. And when I get to the get to the door, my right hand unlocks that. And you know what? I don't have any issue with my left hand saying, Could I talk to you? Now I don't want righty to know, but I always just carry stuff right-hand waves, gets to hold the key. Well, y'all go fight it out. We will. How many of you know if that's going on, something's really broken, something really. And I could, I have about an hour routine I could do on that. Okay. But that didn't work. That's unnatural. You know, you you get something, a little itch or sting or something in the middle of your back. Guess what? All the body gets involved. Whoa. Right? Why? Because we're one. We're all part of one another. I care. I care. There's not one part of my body that I'm not going to come to the rescue somehow to try to help out. Jesus, help us. To see that we belong to one another. We're part of one another. We're to love one another. It's the only proof that your real deal is if we have love one for another. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this tonight?